Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave. Scolzi could be on his way to Oldham. Bex is now involved with Salford City and Berry are just one win away from Wembley. Just some of the things we'll be talking about on the show. It's been a busy week in the greater Manchester footballing scene and we're excited to get our teeth stuck into it right here on the Manchester Football Social. I'm Niall and this is the EFL and Below Show, your weekly fix of everything outside of the Premier League in this great footballing city. As always, joining me, we've got Ian Foran from the Football Man Cave. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. You've had a busy day fixing the clutch in your car. Yeah, it went That's this n- afternoon on the way home. Oh, <laughs> I, was fuming. I was about five minutes away from home as well. So did it make that horrible judder and then bang? Or did you hear a snap? Was there smoke coming out of the car? Tell Literally me. Literally nothing. I was driving up a, a, a decently steep hill. And then all of a sudden, halfway up, my, it was still going in my car, but just lost all power. And I thought, hang on a minute. As the gear come out of, you know, like it's gone into neutral, nothing. And then, so I started rolling back down the hill. I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I bet your stomach just dropped. You're like, oh, I'm trying to like no. put the handbrake on quick and then I had to push it around the bloody corner. Oh, it was a nightmare. Uh, i tell you what has been a nightmare for you, Aaron Benson, who's also joining us here on the EFL and Below show. Your detox, I've heard a couple of things about this detox. You mentioned it last week that you're off the crisps, you're off the chips, you're off the pie, the gravy, the mash, everything that's good in the world. And then when when Ian when Ian picked you up earlier, he slapped a bag of chips in your lap, and you had to deal with it. It's just we got in the car, and there he was sat there, you know, on his chips. And he says, "Do you want some?" And he like held them to my face. <laughs> I'm like, "You're taking the mic." <laughs> and then he didn't realise, and then he looked at me, and then he just started laughing, like purposely winding me up. Good like, smelling chips. Going on? And then he did say, so he did say this: "Put it to your nose and have a smell." just as good as tasting it because Ian you know he's uh, into all this these, uh, these health kicks and everything a bit, <laughs> bit, like, bit yeah. like myself from his background my body really says it as well <laughs> <laughs> and he said uh, you know you spell them and they'll, uh, it's like you're eating them and I said really and he said no <laughs> other than that he's, he's been going on alright we had a good chat in the car we always do don't we come in what, yeah. what are you getting from the chippy not just a bag of chips surely well, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't leave it at a bag of chips I had to I, I barely ate today literally a slice of toast and I thought right there's a chip opposite where the pick arrow up to come in there's a chippy over at road and I thought I'll just grab a bag of chips 
I had two pound in my wallet. <laughs> I was like, because I don't accept card, did he? Like, it's ridiculous nowadays. You don't have cash on you. So I thought, I'll just get some chips and then I'll, I can just stick one Aaron's lap while I'm driving and he can order, not even thinking about the detox. I did hold them though, didn't you I? Did. Nice and still. Well, look, I what, thought he was trying to give us some flowers. Yeah, it was it. <laughs> I was on a date waiting to give uh, someone some flowers. Holding them up like that up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I've not been a northerner long. I've not, I've not lived up north too long. I'm still getting, I saw a picture on Twitter earlier. Some fella had his fish, his chips, and he had a pie on top of the fish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's going on there? Oh, I'd probably stick curry on it as well, me, you know. Oh, yeah, see, curry sauce, we d- we do that down in Portsmouth. That's a southern thing as well. But, I mean, a pie, I've seen as well in Wigan, they have pie in a bread roll or a balm, as you yeah. as you guys call it here in Manchester. What's going on there? Come on, you can't explain that to me. That's not normal. Why not? That's my no, argument. No, Why not? Fish and chips or pie and chips with curry sauce. You can't mix them together. I have I have mixed it a pie, sausage... Chips together and curry, yeah. And Chuck it all in. Oh, Everything. Oh no. yeah. God, you're making me hungry, man. The slug and lettuce, do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, we got to talk about football. So coming up here on the EFL and Below show, we're going to talk Paul Scholes and his potential arrival as new Oldham boss. Pete Wilde obviously taking the reins in the meantime, but will it be Scholesy? And then talking of uh, former Manchester United players, David Beckham has joined Paul Scholes as a part owner of Salford City Football Club. He's gone in and bought his 10% stake in Salford and Berry are just one win away from the Checker finals all of that and more right here on the EFL and below show do go and find us wherever you find your podcasts and make sure you leave a review as well give us five nice stars for chatting you up about fish chips peas gravy curry sauce and everything else if anything else yeah that's, it's definitely worth it okay so let, let's get into the thick of it Paul Skulls not a natural born manager in my opinion but he could potentially be the new Oldham boss now if you're a Latix fan that's pretty exciting stuff isn't it yeah 100% it is. It is. And it seems to be the season that, like, boiled club heroes as such and people, like, aligned to clubs are going to the clubs. Solskjaer, Ryan Lowe, Scholes, they could follow suit. And it's worked. It's worked on two instances. I don't agree with you there, Nile. I think he is. You think he's... I do you think, think he... he is, definitely. I just... You see, like, I read some about Frank Lampard. He was talking about, you know, being at Derby. Just going out there, innit? And Steven Gerrard as well. And I think Paul Scholes is part of that. Just think the way he talks. And, you know, he's been in the BT Sports studio for a few years. And obviously he's talked a good game. And I think being at Oldham, I think it could be a match made in heaven for him. I really do. Yeah. I, I can't find any negatives for him not going. I, I, I guess my point there was that Scholes, he was always a very quiet player he never made a fuss so even when he made a return he went to sports direct mm. and spent 40 quid on a pair of boots when he made his comeback playing at old trafford even on telly when he became a pundit that surprised me he is a little bit outspoken but even speaking the other day he said he didn't really enjoy the telly stuff that much i just wonder how he'd be like as a man manager aaron i guess that was my point i don't know yeah possibly but when you think of skulls he's worked under probably the best manager that's ever been in alex ferguson and think of what uh, the skills that he can pass down to these Oldham players that he might be working with. So if you're an Oldham midfielder and you're wanting to improve your game, there's probably no one better than Paul Scholes. There's been many comments that there's never been another Englishman who can uh, control a game in Europe like Paul Scholes has. And I just think for him going out there, learning his trade at Oldham, I think that's so much better for him than, say, going to the under-18s at Man United, for example. I think him going out there, working, he's putting his neck on the line. Obviously, we know it's Oldham and he's got sort of loyalties with the club. 
but I just think the fans might give him some time. I don't think say after ten games, should it not be going well that they want they won't want to get rid of him. I think they'll be patient. He's going in at a good time in the season. So if they're not really, if they play way well, that's such a bonus leading into next year. And if they have a few bad results, it's, oh, we'll give you time and then next season we'll judge you. So I think for him going in now, I just think this could be a, a good move for him. I don't know what you think. Scholes has got no managerial experience, so it's a massive gamble. If Oldham have got aspirations of getting out of League 2, yeah, then to bring a manager with no experience whatsoever in, obviously playing experience, he's got, probably got more credentials than many people, but managerial I think it's a completely different kettle of fish I think it's a gamble but I also do feel like it's a gamble that could pay off personally I mean with Scolzi like Aaron was saying they might give him a little bit more time just because they know it's his first job they might give him a little bit more time just because you know they know he's he's never had that experience managing before at least with Ryan Lowe at Berry, he's come literally fresh off the back of being a player scolzi has been out of the game for a little while. He says he wants to get back into the game, whether that's as old a manager or a coach or whatever. I just wonder whether it's too much of a risk for Oldham to give Scolzi the job. I mean, are they better off going for someone experienced for now and then give Scolzi a, a chance maybe at the start of a fresh season when he's got a chance to, to make his own squad and have his own ideas rather than coming in halfway through? Because if you think about it, if he's judged between now and the end of the season and things don't go his way... He might get the chop and then he'll just say, well, I never really got a chance to bring in my own players. I wasn't brought in during a transfer window with enough time to get players. Do you see what I'm saying there? Maybe if they bring an experienced assistant manager with him, maybe that would work. But like you say, yeah, he's going to come in now. He's got to come in at the end of the transfer window. I'm thinking you've then got, what, four months or so. They're obviously wanting to hit the playoffs, but it's a case of, I think if if Oldham was, say, more mid-table and weren't that close to the playoffs then maybe, yeah, bring him in, let him implement some ideas and, you know, sort of work towards a full season next year. But I think you should have a, a probably even a temporary manager, even just to try and get you up with that little bit of League 2 experience and then and then go with Scolzi. But there are a few points off the playoffs. I think this timing could be good. Sitting looking at hit, sitting here looking now, they're in 12th position. They're about eight points off the playoffs. The chances of them going up, I would say, are pretty slim and also getting relegated... I think he, the chances are even smaller. So him going in now with them in mid-table, he's got time to work with them before the end of the season, then bringing his own players and also before the end of January. I think actually this timing for him is good because they're, they're probably not going to go up, they're probably not going to go down bar a catastrophe and bar a miracle, they probably might not go up. So I think he's going to get time to work with the squad. As I said before, the owners will give him patience. And I think this could be like the bedding-in period over the next three, four months. Just get his feet under the table, get used to it. And then next season, kick, uh, kicking on. If he was to go in in, say, uh, July, and then he's got this, obviously, the start of the season, a four-month period of him struggling from the start of next season. You're looking at November, December of next season, and they're sat in 13th, 14th position. Yeah. You're thinking... You know, maybe he's not the right choice. So if he has that time now to settle in okay. and then next season kicks on, I think I, I think I, that's what should happen. I see what you're saying there, but at the same time, patience and Oldham Athletic don't really go hand in hand in my book. I mean, no. especially with loyalty as well. Okay, the fact that Scolzi is an Oldham supporter or whatever, but, you know, he never played for Oldham in the end. He said he wanted to end his career there, never ended up going there, retired at Manchester United. Frankie Bunn scored six goals in one game for Oldham. He's a legend at the club and they gave him the chop like like it was nothing. Yeah. 
So, I mean, why why would Scholesy be any different? I don't see where the difference comes in just because he's Paul Scholes and he played for England. Frankie Bunn scored six goals in one game for Oldham, like I said. He's a club legend. Yeah. He was treated in the way that the owner saw fit. So why would that be any different for Scholesy? I agree with you. I think... I think Oldham are quite ruthless. The rate to go through managers yeah. it is unbelievable. If a club legend like Frankie Bunk can get sacked after six months, then obviously Paul Scholes' name will, will carry him probably a couple of months further than most. Scholes is a bigger name than Frankie Bunk. Yeah, so he'll get a bit of extra time because of his but name. he might not be a better manager than Frankie Bunk. But yeah, managerial-wise, he's got no experience apart from playing... Well, a lot of these ex-players, your, your Gerrards, your Lampards, they are living off the name. And Lampard even admitted to it in an interview that he did at the weekend. He has got that job probably because of his name, who yeah. is Frank Lampard. And that's a similar situation with Paul Scholes. Hence why, you know, he's going in now. I think they would give him more time just to settle in. Hence why I think now going in could be really good for him just to settle in period. Had it got to start a next season, 10, 11 games in the struggling then they might think then they were to sack him and that you could say fair enough they're not going anywhere but for the fact if he can go in now get settled in and then hit the ground running next season you know I think that's if I was in Olden's position that's what I would be doing and if it doesn't work out um, say this season and they struggle then maybe they rethink again on the uh, argument of experience I don't really have that in any situation does it really help experience or is it a bit just of a an excuse to not hire somebody young. I mean, I think we could have a whole new podcast about that. My only concern with Oldham is what we were discussing, and it seems a bit of a volatile, hostile place to, to be a manager. If we if we go back roughly four years to February 2015, Lee Johnson left Oldham 25th of February 2015. Since then, there's been nine managerial changes. So from February 2015, Dean Holden, Darren Kelly, David Dunn, John Sheridan, Stephen Robinson, John Sheridan again... Richie Wellens, Frankie Bunn, and now we're up to Pete Wilde. That's eight different managers, nine changes, because John Sheridan managed the club twice. If that doesn't scream a club that isn't stable at the top, then what is? You just, you need time as a manager. They're not being given time. There's an impatience there over at Boundary Park, I think it's fair to say. They want success. They want to be back in League One. Arguably, that's probably where they they should be. But, I mean, Scholesy's not going to be any different to the rest of these, is he? No. And I think... I think their league position reflects that past four years and the state of the club. Like, I think they need a, a decent guy to come in and take over that club like properly. I mean, give give managers time. Obviously, you're at League Two. As long as you're not going to the National League, you, you're sweet. Can Skulls not be the guy though to do it? Well, I'm going it's, now. It's a gamble, and it's you, you never know. It could be a, a Gerard or Lampard, and it could it could be a success. But then at the end of the day, it, it might not be. Six months that line is gone because. Oldham aren't doing nothing or they're not playing the brand you of football. You could say that about any situation, though, in life. Well, yeah, not just, obviously. Not just in football. <laughs> I, I'm a Paul Scholes fan on this one, obviously. I'm, I'm obviously a Paul Scholes fan. It would, it would be great but, to see him there. I'm just trying to weigh up the pros and cons yeah, no, for Oldham no, 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 no. How, how that would benefit them. I don't even think it's a calculated risk because he's got nothing. You can't say he's going to come in and go, oh, this is what he's done. Like, yes, This is what he's done as a, as a player, one at best out there. But for a, a club like Oldham, unless they're saying, right, we're going to build and Paul Scholes is going to be our man, we're going to forget about the playoffs this year and we want a, a fresh new manager, fresh off the scene, we're going to build with him, give him two well, or three years. Well, that's my suggestion. He gets the few months yeah. to, to bed in to work with the players. I've said that about 50 times, uh, letting bed in. And then next season, he kicks on. 
So we, we yeah, did kind of agree. You say let him bed in. My point is, will they let him bed in? That's, that's you, you're thing. saying yeah. that he should so be. Yeah. Not, well, if they change their approach, then they'll let him bed in. And I think because he's Paul Skulls. So is that what we're discussing will. here? We're discussing they need, if they're going to go for Skulls, they need to change their approach. Because yeah. in that sense, I'm definitely in your camp. Because the thing is, Skullsy, I think you're right, would need time. Are Oldham and Oldham's owners prepared to give Skullsy that time? If they are, yes, brilliant, get him in. If not, What's the point? That's what I'm saying. I guess I'm I'm with you on that one then. Yeah, now they've they've sort of tried the same thing with like obviously like eight and nine different managers making all the changes and it hasn't worked. So surely now with Skulls a big name would bring a lot of the publicity to the club, would attract a lot of attention, then build it around Skulls and give him time. And I think to change your approach under a guy like Skulls, mm. I think that would work. Okay, there we go. Yeah. That's the Paul Scholes chat. Well, not quite ticked off because I'm going to throw another spanner in the works. But if you are an Oldham fan and you're listening, hashtag EFL below. Tweet us at MCR Footy Social. Anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, we'll be more than happy to do so. This is the Manchester Football Social EFL and Below show. You can also find dedicated Manchester City and Manchester United podcasts uh, wherever you find your podcast. Just search Manchester Football Social and leave us a nice little review as well. But that Twitter account at MCR Footy Social use the hashtag EFL below and of course as I said the spanner in the works is the fact that Paul Scholes is a 10% shareholder in Salford City Ian it just gets more and more confusing it really does and and we had some I think uh, one of the writers for the website wrote something about our Oldham like lowering their expectation because a lot of the fans that I've seen on Twitter and across social media are like look if Scholes gets the job then if and when Salford come up like he won't be able to manage mm. alongside ownership so I was saying before if Oldham is saying right we're not having playoffs no more we're going to build with, with Skulls here then obviously it looks more than likely that Salford City will join them next season but that's going to cause a, a raft load of, of headaches yeah so the situation is this Paul Skulls owns 10% of Salford City Football Club and if you're a manager or involved in another football team for instance if he went to Oldham as manager he would not be able to have those 10% of shares in Salford City he'd have to A quit the Oldham job as manager or B sell his Salford shares so Aaron in this situation the EFL are able to give special dispensation to certain people I can't see it happening. If Salford go up, he can't part own Salford and still be the manager of Oldham. There's no such thing as a coincidence, is there? I heard this situation first and I thought, obviously, it said Beckham was buying 10% of the club. My immediate thought was, he's just buying Scorsese's share. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I think it's just too much of a coincidence. Will uh, the guy, Peter Lim, who also owns it, will he just say, buy 10% of Scorsese's share? If it, it isn't a coincidence, then it's just a massive mess, isn't it? Yeah. Because surely the class of 92, they will know the situation with Skulls because they probably speak to him every day. Yeah. So they'll have been monitoring the situation and the position. And the fact that Beckham's bought 10%, which is kind of like an obvious thing. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that he's bought it. No. Because he is part, he is and part it is, of... And it is why now? So After how many years? Exactly. So this is the whole thing, well, right? The it, it, idea it, of it not being a coincidence. Yeah. There's no smoke without fire, as the saying goes. Paul Scholes was touted with the Oldham job. Uh, I was told he wanted an 18-month contract and that it would be signed within 10 days. And then a couple of days later, he sat there in a press conference at Hotel Football with Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Nicky Butt and Ryan Giggs. Phil Neville is the manager of the England ladies team, but he has a, a stake in Salford. I mean, I'm not sure how that works. 
Wales manager Ryan Giggs. Nicky Butt is in the Manchester United Academy. Ryan Giggs actually managed United for a few months towards the end of a season a couple of years back. Also had stakes in Salford at the time. So it's been done before. But with Bex coming in and 10% that he's bought, I think the 10% he's bought is off Peter Lim, actually. So the class of 92 as a sort of consortium, so to speak, owns 60%. And then 40% is owned by Peter Lim, the guy who uh, made his money in palm oil and owns Valencia. So it's a, it's a really interesting situation. Bex has come in at such a strange time with the Oldham news breaking, as Aaron was saying. Is there something a bit fishy there for you in terms of Scolzi's definitely off? Yeah, I, I think he is. And I think that, that 10% will get floated back to Peter Lim or, or I don't know, somebody else at a class of like 92, you know, like someone vaguely sort of connected will will come in and sort of sit on it until scores it probably gets the sack from Oldham. So I, I, it's gonna it's gonna happen, isn't it? Do you know when you look at Oldham's history, it's, it's gonna happen. But it all looks like Oldham are gonna appoint Scholes and it looks like Beckham is basically gonna take Scholes' seat to me. Okay, so what about Beckham coming in? Because obviously he was he was away from the Salford City scene for a while because he was doing his uh inter Miami thing in the MLS what does this mean for Salford? I mean, he's he's a massive name. He's he's twice the name, I would argue, that Gary Neville and Paul Scholes are. He's a, a huge celebrity and he could be rocking up at Moor Lane within the next couple of weeks, sitting there watching a game. I mean, I know he's part of the class of 92. I know he only owns 10%, but it's, it's huge, isn't it, in terms of publicity? Yeah, you can argue that Salford, they're almost bigger than some League One or League Two clubs. Look at like the Twitter following. Yeah. For example, how many followers? It's scary, isn't it? How many followers they've got and the name they've had, Sky documentaries, they've had BBC documentaries. One day, Salford are going to be in the Premier League, probably. Let's be honest. You so really I, think? You really think they can yeah, do Yeah, I that? think probably Beckham's banking on the success. I don't think he'd have... Say if they were in, I don't know, Evo Stick or the Premier North... Would he have gone in for them, do you think? The fact that they're in the National League, they're probably on the verge of going into the EFL. I think he's probably just banked on the promotion. Then he they become, they get in League Two. They use the name of David Beckham, which is a huge name, mm. and that increases their following because they've got the name of Beckham attached to his, the, uh, the biggest name to them. I think it's probably all a little bit of a puzzle and it's all piecing itself together. I think, to Beckham I think it's to, definitely a plan in place. I think Beckham had to probably hold back as well. Because of this into Miami. But listening to the press conference with all of them there, Phil Neville said that since he's taken the England Lionesses job, that he's been sort of nowhere near Salford. He's been to like five games in the last 18 months or something. You know, Ryan Giggs has not been there a lot. It's mainly Gary Neville and, and Paul Scholes who go to these Salford games. Are they fast-tracking this football club? As far as I'm aware, they're miles ahead of their plans to be a football league club. I think they've got a four or five-year plan in place. They're in the top three or four in the National League. They could be in League Two. I mean, this is Salford City that were basically playing in a cow field two or three years ago. They've done really well to get where they are. It feels certainly like they're being put on a fast track. And if they can build up a sort of intimidation factor, Aaron, they're owned by David Beckham, they're owned by Gary Neville. Does that give them a leg up on the pitch as well? They've probably already got a bit of an intimidation factor. You've got, you know, the class of 92 rocking up at um, sort of non-league grounds, lesser known non-league grounds. Uh, you know, I think they had probably an advantage from the get-go in terms of the name who was attached to them. I mean, they have Peter Lim owning them, and he's a big, you know, a big business name. And the fact he was owning a non-league club, I mean, that's just incredible. It's like, you know, never seen before, never really happens. 
So even, and that's what I said by in terms of the fast track process then being ahead, one day they probably will be in the Premier League and they're going to be in the EFL and they're not far off that. Therefore, I think Beckham's obviously jumped in. He can get his name attached to the club because I don't think probably Beckham, obviously, don't know him, but seeing what he's like, he won't want to be attached to like a, a club that an average football non-league football mm. club he'll want to be attached with a club that's growing it's getting bigger has an opportunity to you know be a great success like you know his uh, boy on Manchester United well, and that I think he's probably banking on the success you know they've had Alex Ferguson there watching the games and I mean in terms of Salford they have got financially they're backing the name sort of everything that they are they've got a massive advantage compared to so many non-league teams, haven't they? And Beckham, that's just going to increase it. Well, the class of 92 is now a brand. The band is back together. That's all of them. There was one missing in David Beckham. They've completed the set. He's the final piece to the puzzle. The class of 92 now are the majority shareholders, not individual, obviously, because that's Peter Lim with 40%. But as a, as a bracket, as a brand, the class of 92 owns 60% between them. Beckham coming in, getting his 10% in, do you think Skolzi's had a word and said, listen, I really want to manage Oldham? It seems like that could be a possibility, but at the same time, perhaps the class of 92 are just looking after themselves as a brand. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're investing. And like you said, they can invest a lot more than most clubs. I think they're paying, um, is it Adam Rooney, £4,000 a week? Well, obviously we can't speculate how much he actually gets paid, no, but yeah. I mean, that, that Rough, wouldn't shock Those me. are the figures that are flying about, but it's um, if they can put that into the National League, obviously when they go up to... EFL. Thing is, they've got seven owners. They're not like skin, are they? Do you know, so they can all pile a bit of money into it. And like I said, like I said before, I think Scorsi might have said, "Look, come in here, let's you know generate some business with, with Beckham and do do a little something. I'm going to take the old job on eighteen months or whatever it is, two years. Let someone sit on my money, let them build through the ranks, and then I'll jump back in once once whatever if if and when he, he does finish at um, finish at Oldham, but I think the Salford story is. I think the Salford story is brilliant. I mean, obviously, it's it's a gimmick more than anything. Obviously, the class of '92 take over a, a football. It's like Royal Rovers stuff, in it. Take over a football club, build them through the ranks, get yourself an EFL. It's a, it's a great story, and obviously, it's, it must be because BBC and, and Sky have have been straight on it, and everybody watches them. Like I say, the Twitter followers, mm. everything around them. They, they don't need anything. A lot of clubs at that at that level need as much exposure as they can. Think of Salford's League. If you say who's in Salford's League, I bet most people, they won't be able to name every team in the league. Probably not to name you, one or two, to be fair. If you'd fair. say National League team, you'd automatically go Salford. And in terms of them, say, going into League 2, maybe next season, possibly the year after, we talked about Bolton being a yo-yo team over the past couple of weeks. They're probably not a yo-yo team. They're probably going to go up and up and up rather than flick between two, two or three divisions. I think probably for Salford, the sky's the limit. They're, um, they're obviously only going to get better before they're going to get worse with the fi- financially with the backing. Uh, people are obviously going to have a great interest. Attendance, num- attendance numbers are going to be up. And the way they've been going, they've been obviously season after season, it's been promotion, promotion, promotion. And I just can't see that stopping. When they get into the football league, I think they're only going to go up. I think for it's obviously Beckham investing. In, I mean, it's a massive business opportunity isn't it, to go into Salford. Yeah. Like I say, if you, if you get it now, like Beckham has... And then in, say, realistically five years, they could be in the championship. But football clubs don't make money, though, Ian. So, I mean, for me, seeing these guys, uh, is it more just a hobby for them? 
Like, got, yeah. I mean, Gary, ne- Gary Neville's saying that they've not made any profit. Well, you don't, you don't. Football clubs don't make profit. For me, David Beckham is is, a, is an astute businessman. He's got his fashion brand. He's got his perfumes and all of that stuff. You know, David Beckham, he knows what he's doing. He must have a business team behind him. 10% is not a huge stake, but if they start going up the leagues, as you say, that money's only going to get more and more in terms yeah. of investment. Yeah, and fair play to him. If, if, if he's jumping on it now, and obviously he's got interest then in English football team, He's got interest with this uh, into Miami over in, What's in America. What's going on with that? What's the score with them? It feels like no they've idea. been doing Probably a nothing. feeder club. That's what it might be. They've been hooking up a feeder club. But what would they think if you're working at, what they call, into Miami? Into Miami. And then you found out that Beckham's going to be the owner of a club back where he, he lived and he grew yeah, up. Yeah, but that's not the same as like you get the no, but you American like football it, owners. You might not like it, though. Randy Lerner. He was Aston Villa and um, was it Bengals or something. I don't follow it dead closely, but they don't seem to be making a big impact anytime soon. He's obviously been working at that project for a few years, and then one day he just says at a boardroom meeting, oh, I'm going to buy 10% of Salford. What they going to think, the people who have been working in for years and years and years, what they going to think of Beckham there? I don't know, but I'm saying it now, that those two will be hooking up. There'll be, there'll be some sort of partnership down the line between Inter Miami and Salford City. Like, yeah. say, Manchester City, like New City, York City yeah. and Melbourne City. Something like that. That's that's that could be Note a good idea. Right oh, now. Good good ideas, you in good ideas. You can hear the cogs ticking in your brains over there, All sat on them. the other side. <laughs> anyway, we've talked about Salford City, we talked about Oldham Athletic and Paul Skulls. If there's anything you want to talk about, send us a tweet. It's at MCR Footy Social on Twitter and use the hashtag EFL below. Whether you're a fan of a National League North Club from Greater Manchester, League Two, League One, the Championship, anything bar that prawn sandwich brigade. We don't talk about the Premier League on this podcast. Send us a tweet at MCR Footy Social and make sure you let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll discuss it on the next podcast. But I think it's time just to uh, to dilute things a little bit, just to take a step back, take a breather and play a bit of a game. Yes. Now, you're saying yes, but last time I gave you a quiz, I absolutely hammered you and gave you probably the hardest quiz you've ever had in your life. I weren't mentally prepared. <laughs> well, this one involves a lot more luck and a lot less skill. Ooh. So here we go. Are you ready? Right, here we because go. Because this week, the week we're recording the podcast, late in January, earlier this week, it was National Pie Day. And we spoke about pies at the start of the podcast. So this is my challenge for you. It's a head-to-head, by the way. So a point for whoever's closest. Right, hang on. I'm going to ask up you. Yeah, this chair's yeah. a bit dodgy. If you're on the podcast, there's a couple of bounces. It's my chair. <laughs> Just get a bit comfier in it. There we go. Okay, so I'm asking you, out of the Greater Manchester clubs, who has the most expensive pie at their football ground. This is according to the BBC Price of Football survey, which I've found online. We'll start with the Premier League. I know, say we know we don't talk about Premier League, but we need to make it a contest. So why don't we say three divisions? We'll do Premier League, we'll do Championship, and we'll do League Two, because we've got two Greater Manchester teams in each division. And if it gets to it, we'll do a tiebreaker of our only League One team, Rochdale, and that would be the, uh, the tiebreaker question. So I'm asking right. you... Out of Manchester City and Manchester United, which club has the most expensive pie? Hundred percent, it's got to be United. No, it's City. It's I think it's City. United. You know, have me over every listen, time. listen to this. I've heard that City have the cheapest season ticket, but they have the most expensive pie catering kind of thing. I'm that's that's why that's why I've heard because they definitely have the cheapest. Sort of, if you buy a season ticket at the Etihad, apparently it's the cheapest in the Premier League. 
I think that, but they have the most expensive food. Okay, Ian. I'm, I'm going with City. Okay. I'm going United. Aaron's going with City. Ian's going with United. I can tell you the most expensive pie is at Manchester City. Yes. <laughs> It's four quid for a pie. It's wow. £3.90 <laughs> at Manchester United. So that is 1-0 to Aaron. He's loving it. Look, he's roared into an early lead. I absolutely hate losing. Look, he was so negative as well. He thought that was Man United. He was so sure. Was I right that it was the most expensive, uh, cheapest season ticket as well? Uh, I don't know about season ticket. Let me just have a quick look. Cheapest season, 299 quid for cheapest season ticket at Manchester City. Most expensive, 920 quid. Uh, Manchester United, in contrast, 532 quid for your cheapest season ticket. But you look here, Huddersfield is 100 quid for your cheapest season ticket. So wow. not quite the cheapest in the league. Jesus. Anyway, moving on to the right. championship. Our two championship sides at the moment, Wigan Athletic and Bolton One. So then, who's got the most expensive pie out of those two clubs? 1-0 to Aaron as it stands. Bolton. Because Wigan's a pie pie town, so it's going to make loads of pies. You go Bolton. Bolton. Well, you think, you know, Wigan famous for pies. You go to Wigan, you're going to want a pie, aren't you? I'm going Wigan. They know they're going to make a shed load of money on pies. It's Wigan. But they're in abundance. Okay. Yeah, but they know that they're going to get. There's no transportation. They know that they're going to get a lot of sales on the pies. I love how the biggest debate we've had in in the podcast has been about how expensive (laughs) pies are. It's absolutely great. Okay. Well, I can tell you a price of a pie at Wigan is two pounds eighty. The price of a pie at Bolton. Three quid. Yes. So it's level pegging. Get Ian in. pulls one back. It's 1-1. One, one. I'll tell you now, Aaron, if you win this, you're walking home. <laughs> That's what's on the line here. So there's a chance for you guys to win this here with this last question. We're going down to League Two. If we get a draw and it goes to 2-2, two, two, then we have a tiebreaker. Berry or Oldham? Who's got the most expensive pie at their stadium? Is it at Boundary Park or is it at Gig Lane? Berry or Oldham in League Two, which club has the most expensive pie? I'm proper weighing this up as well, Amy. I don't have a clue. I'm going to say Oldham. I think Oldham. Okay, so Ian's going with Oldham. Yeah. This is like really hard. Between Berry and Oldham, Aaron. Because part of me wants to take it. Why has he gone first, by the way, every time? I got there first. It it doesn't matter. All right. Head to head. All right, okay. Yeah, it's a competition. It's 1 1. Come on. I was just thinking, so. If I go say, say like with Oldham, we go to sudden death, so I at least guarantee another round. But then... What, you know, your, what does your heart say about this pie? My heart, I'm not going to say what my heart go on. says. Well, let me have a, have a think. Well, we're running out of time here, Jesus Aaron. Jesus, it's, it's only, against the time. So it's only Berry or Buddy Oldham. Which one do you it's, want? Uh, I've got to go... Why not? I'm going to go Berry. Why not? Why yeah, okay. Not? Berry. So the price of a pie at Oldham Athletic, which is what Ian's gone for, is three pounds. Scandalous prices. The price of a pie at Berry. Three pounds thirty. Oh, you're joking. So me. there we go. The oh. most expensive pie is at Berry. Aaron's cackling away over there. Aaron wins by two goals to one. Get your bus fare. He's getting a bus home. He's not giving well, the He's got a brand new clutch as well. He's going to be smooth as anything on the ride home. You're going to have to walk back, Aaron. But I know. I've held the chips on the way. <laughs> and now I'm, now I'm walking I mean, back. I tell Three you what, quid for a pie, honestly. I t- well, I tell you what then, just pure curiosity, why don't you just have a stab at how much you think a pie is at Rochdale? £2.95. £3.20. £2.50. 
Oh, get yourself get over to, to Scotland. Yes. That was the tiebreaker seat. But two ninety five, you would have been if you had managed to pull it to a draw. That's you would have walked that. away the victory. Yeah. Well done, Aaron. He wins the pie game. Of course, celebrating National Pie Day, which was earlier this week. Uh, thanks for taking part in that, lads. But we need to talk about Berry, despite the fact that a pie costs three pound thirty. How much uh, is a pint? Uh, over can at we all, Can we outweigh it? Uh, <laughs> well, they've reduced. You the should pie. know. You go to and have enough beers when you go. <laughs> well, they've reduced the pie prices for the checker trade just to get a few people in like a quid for a pie and then they're all piling in. Yes. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Manchester Football Social EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave. We need to talk about Barry. Because again, we'd speak about Ryan Lowe, it seems like, on every single podcast. But he's doing such a good job. There was rumours that he was linked with the Luton job. That's since kind of tailed off. He's managed to beat a League One side in the Checker Trade Trophy. 5-2 in Oxford United. The same Oxford United that beat tabletopping Portsmouth in League One that previous weekend. So they were in uh, in good spirits, Oxford. And Berry just wiped the floor with them. They're now just one win away from Wembley, Aaron. Berry was so good winning 5-2. Maybe Oxford was so bad. Carl Robinson has said he's going to refund all of the travelling Oxford fans' ticket prices from what I've heard. That's probably only about 15 of them because it was the checker trade. Yeah. <laughs> very kind of him to do that. He's weighed it up anyway. But, 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 but <laughs> were Oxford bad or do we need to give more credit for Barry for the way they played? You've got to give old Dom Telford credit. Dominic Telford sent for for Barry. He's like been the checker trade cup king this season. I think every game he's like been piling the goals. Barry winning 5-2. Maybe checker trade's not the most accurate uh, way of seeing weighing up where teams are in the league. Oxford might not have put out the strongest team. You sort of play weakened teams in the checker trade. But for Berry to obviously beat a League One club with the aim to be promoted next season, because obviously the main priority is getting back out of, late, out of League Two, they're going to have so much more confidence going to next season, knowing that they've taken a big scalp off a team like Oxford, who are in a division above. I think they've beaten Fleetwood as well this season in the Checker trade. Mm. For Berry, as I said, obviously getting to the semi-finals, being one win away from Wembley, that's got to be a dream for so many people, for the fans to go and see Berry 
Might not even get to uh, Wembley again in the lifetime unless, you know, through the playoffs, which is unlikely. So to have the opportunity now, so at the start of the season, you think, oh, check a trade, we might not be so bothered. Suddenly you're 90 minutes away from Wembley. But obviously to get a home game again at Gig Lane, it's more gate money, better funds. And obviously in a semi-final, like barrier in a semi-final of a competition. I know it's the check of trade, some people aren't as big a fan of it. But I mean, you've got to take these opportunities when they come. They might not come again. And it's a very exciting time as it is in the league. And as I said last week, Ryan Lowe is um, he's flying with them. Yeah, well, let's talk about that then, Ian, because to be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously over the moon made up for Berry getting so close to Wembley. But if they get to Wembley, will that be a distraction on their league form? They're doing so well. If they do get to Wembley, will then one eye from the players be focusing on that big day out at the National Stadium rather than focusing on their league form? There's always a risk of that. Yeah, well, it's similar to the League Cup in February. And you see many teams like Chelsea and United in the past have won that and then kicked on. You know, and won the league. And Berry could do similar if they get to the final. It will just give them that extra bit of boost, that momentum. And if they win it, then it could really sort of kick them up a few gears down at home straight. So it could work that way. Obviously then, I mean, I think Ryan Lowe, I don't think he's going to make them lose focus. Obviously, it's, it's any three of the opponents are all League One. So it's going to be tough, whatever it is. The big game in, in League Two is Lincoln against Berry. Top versus second, that's coming up soon. I mean, whew, that could be that could be huge in terms of implications for that League 2 title race. If Berry managed to get a win over Lincoln, I mean, that could really propel them in their charge for, for promotion in League 2. Well, they're definitely going on the right track, obviously. Having uh, beaten Forest Green, that could have been a bit of a banana skin. They've been playing really well up to six in the league. Uh, against uh, They won't be top if they beat Lincoln, but the confidence that they'll be getting going into them games... And obviously how good the home form is. 55 goals they've scored this season. Five more than, say, uh, Lincoln have scored. And Lincoln, I don't think, this is the way I look at it, you don't want to be playing Berry, and for, and you don't want to be playing Berry at Gig Lane. The goals they've scored, Gig Lane's been a fortress for Berry this season. Another thing I would say is if you look at the prep, we don't talk about the Premier League, but how many of them games you build it up, it's a top-of-the-table clash. And, you know, it doesn't quite happen. It's a bit of a damp squid uh, you just hope that this game won't be. And you look at the attacking football, Berry play under Ryan Lowe, and you just hope that it's a great spectacle to watch from a neutral point of view. I think if it's a good game, some people might watch that and they think, oh my God, I can't believe that these two teams are in League Two, particularly Berry. Berry will obviously be looking at getting promoted, Ian, but if, if they lose to Lincoln, is that the title over for them? I mean, they'll obviously there's three promotion spots in League Two. It wouldn't be the end of the world. And of course, their main all, their main goal is to get back up to League One. But with six points, the difference now. If if Berry lost and and Lincoln City won, they could they could feasibly be leapfrogged by Mansfield. You know, Berry could then be nine points behind Lincoln City. So I mean, the, a chance of lifting silverware at the end of the season might just be restricted to the checker trade. Yeah, I think it is one of them one of their matches. I think if Berry win. I would probably back them to, to win the league because I think with that and, and the, the track of trade, I think they'll just gain that traction. Um, but I think a loss, yeah, going nine points behind, say possibly go down to third, you could have then Carlisle right up the, the rear end of them. Um, it just puts them in a different different mindset of being chased instead of being the chaser as such. If they can close the gap to three points, you've got still a long way of the season to go, especially in League Two. There's a lot of matches still to be played. I mean... 
I don't know. I don't know if nine points is, is still achievable well, to turn around. But... It's definitely catchable. Portsmouth did it a couple of seasons ago. I think they were what, eight or nine points behind we were and then we ended up pulling it back on the last day. Plymouth Argyle needed to win. They lost 2-1 to Grimsby. Portsmouth beat Cheltenham 6-1. Pompey won the title on goal difference. This happened in League yeah. 2 as recently as two seasons ago. So you can't really write things off at that level. As you say, there's so many games. There's bound to be postponements as well, which means the congestion will pile up. You just think with the style of football that Berry play, Aaron, are they going to be able to keep that up for the whole of the season? Uh, interesting you say that. I was going to say, you know, in football or in sport, you've got to say a football team or any sports team. And when you're winning, you think, we're never going to lose. Yeah. And then when you're losing, you think, are we ever going to win a football match? I bet. I think Berry is so the former in the case that the winning, the confidence is so high. And I think going through the... Uh, the dressing room, obviously, you know that there's a chance you're going to lose. But I think they're in the position, the confidence is so high, they're thinking, are we ever going to lose? You know that mentality you get when you're winning, you're thinking, God, we feel invincible. We feel like, you know, we're uh, we're on a cloud and that's the that's the position barrier in. They shouldn't be taking Lincoln lightly. What I have seen, though, I think the defence has certainly, uh, say, shored up the last few games. They conceded two the other day. But Lincoln will know that there is a danger that Berry do ship some goals. 33 they've conceded. It's a a good few more than what Lincoln have conceded. So uh, Lincoln know that's how they can get at Berry. But it's uh, it's just going forward in the attacking areas for uh, for Ryan Lowe's side. They just look unstoppable going well, Lincoln forward. Lincoln have dropped points as well in the past five games. Yeah, they've dropped two, four two in points. a row, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, like I say, Berry. Even just beating that League One, it, it, it could have been anyone, but beating the League One opposition is just going to give them that extra extra oomph. And I, for me, I am a betting man and I I, I would bet Berry to win. And I think, and I'm open as well, it should be an entertaining match. I think match. the home form will be crucial, obviously, yeah. the playing at Gig Lane. Just thought I'd say something whilst we're on this topic of conversation. Some I've seen on Twitter that Berry have said uh, if the fans can go into the Manchester Road end and put flags behind the goal that isn't usually taken by any fans. A situation it has come up discussed. Uh, surely it's best to uh, don't put flags in there. Obviously you could do. But uh, try and get as many fans in that end behind the goal. Because sure. in the second half, say where you're attacking, say hypothetically 1-1, one, 1-0 one, one down or even, you know, just going to shore up, how much better would it would be running to that end? Obviously, trying to attacking. sack the ball into the net. Trying yeah. to suck yeah. the ball in with the fans behind the goal. And I think obviously the game's on TV. We have mentioned that before. Uh, but, you know, just get fans behind the goal and just try and you know, whiz up a bit more atmosphere because in these games, you know, the, your home form and your home atmosphere, that home environment with your fans is crucial. Right, best of luck to Berry at the weekend in League 2, that top-of-the-table clash against Lincoln City on Saturday, the 26th of January. Best of luck to all of our Greater Manchester League teams, whether that's National League North, whether that's National League or any of the other leagues in the EFL. This is, of course, the EFL and Below Show with me, Niall, Aaron and Ian. Thanks very much for joining me again. I've enjoyed this week. That was a good one, wasn't yeah, it? Yes, it flew. Time flying every fun. You're going to have to get your revenge on on uh, on Aaron next week after Piegate. We've had Biscuit Gate, now it's Piegate. Yeah, I know. There's going to be some serious words on the way home, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> he's only got one more week left as well. Oh, he's going next to be... week's the last week of the show. What I'm are you bringing this... in for us then? Come on, let us next know. Next week or I'll have to be the week after. Doesn't matter. when you. What are you bringing in? I'll you said, you about. said, I'm going to hold you to it. You said a couple of weeks ago. Didn't he say that? Yeah. He did. 
You did. You're going to bring. What did you say? You said, bring it. You I, said, I can rewind. I've got all the the, uh, the recordings. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well exactly. go and listen to yourself. <laughs> saying, I'm going to bring I in. Will do. He said he's going to bring treats in for us. I'm sure he said yeah. that. I'll have a good think about it. Okay. Anyway, if you want to listen to any previous episodes of the EFL and Below show, like Aaron's just mentioned, you can find them all wherever you find your podcast. Just search Manchester Football Social or EFL and Below show. And if you want to get involved with us on Twitter, we'd love to hear your opinions on your Greater Manchester Football Team. It's at MCR Footy Social. You the hashtag EFL below and also head over to the Football Mank Cave as well for all the local football news that you might have missed there's lots of great writers over there Ian and Aaron included so make sure you check that website out for all your latest football news in Greater Manchester but I've been Nama Korn thanks to Aaron thanks to Ian we'll see you again next time The Manchester Football Social EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.